Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. We are here, episode 106, and we're looking at each other. This is so exciting. exciting not in person, weird. unfortunately. It is weird. I like I it. It's great. It's great. I'm smiling. We do this constantly, but we don't do it constantly with podcast mics. And so Andrew and I in particular have these giant helicopter. I yes. feel like it's live from channel four. I think the strange part is because we're, we're talking to each other, but we're also talking to listeners while kind of looking at each other and we're actually and not, not looking at you while I look at articles. Yes. And, and then I have two screens. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun though. <laughs> But it's worth it's oh. worth the effort because we have four people on That's today. The fun part. And, yes, and our kind of yes. unwritten rule has been no more than three, because it's just too hard when we can't see each other to to not talk over, and uh, basically I don't let anybody else talk when there's too many people and someone doesn't talk anyway. So but we have <laughs> right. a fourth for a very we have a fourth. important I didn't reason. Intro people. No. Like Becca, Becca's here. <laughs> Hi, and and Julie. Hello. That's a new name. Yes, I'm glad to be here. It's my we fourth day on the job today. Yes, and it's amazing. She's already been yeah. on, I think, like 14 <laughs> builder partner calls. A lot um, of calls. But it's her, it's her fourth day on the job in her 16th year in new home marketing. So yeah. tell everyone where you came from, the unfortunate circumstances of who you had to work with, all the, all the fun stuff. <laughs> well, I worked for um, Ideal Homes in Oklahoma for 15 years. Uh, the last three of those, I worked remotely from moved to Louisiana because of my husband's job and stayed on remotely with them. And yeah, um, many may know Steve Shoemaker, who I worked who? with all those Never years at, <laughs> at Ideal our- Homes, which kept it fun and exciting all the time. Was Steve our first guest? He was our first guest. Okay. Ooh. Yes. Going way back. Awesome. And I think he's also the only person besides Sean Van Dyke who's been on twice. I think. There we go. Yeah. yeah which what is good. Deal. Steve is full of stories, which oh, is a good podcast he, guest. He's the youngest old man I know. Uh, <laughs> and so for... Oh, well, before we get into story time, another quick news announcement. Jackie, our designer extraordinaire here at Convert, also had her baby, baby number two. Baby number two. Go awesome. check it out. The amazing images on Facebook. She did a, I mean, she always, she's a designer. So obviously she likes the way things look, but she did an amazing photo shoot. It looks like, you know, she's somewhere in Scotland and she's like a princess um, with Winter, her daughter and her husband. Her husband always plays along very nicely, but there's some amazing new pictures on social media too, if you're, if you're kind of with her. He does. Julie. Okay. So yeah. he, normally we start with story time. This, we're not going to make you do a story time segment unprepared. She didn't okay. even know she was going to yeah. be on the podcast until a half hour ago. It was a surprise, <laughs> but this is fun. A fun surprise. And you should all check out the Ideal Homes podcast and listen to Julie on the first three episodes <laughs> before <Yeah>. she left <laughs> uh, as well. And that comes out. So she's had a podcast experience. A little um, bit. But mm-hmm. I, I want to know how did you and how did Steve find you? What were you doing? What was the interview process like? Anything, wow. anything interesting that you want to share about? Because that was a long time ago. Wow, sure. It was a long time ago. I had been working for a small town newspaper as a reporter. And wow. um, we moved back to Norman. And I thought, I like to write. So I don't want to write 
all day for my job anymore because I don't want to <laughs> lose like you right. So honestly, it's been so long. I think it was in the newspaper ad. It had to have been something like that. Maybe it was online. But at the time, they still have a pretty extensive interview process. But it was one of those where you went through hours and hours of interviews. And I made it through. And when I got hired, I was basically hired to print out floor plans and also print out contracts. We had this giant copier that printed out like the five-part paper. Uh And I would put it and you glued the ends and it glued the pages together. Man, um, Becca, so you're nodding like you know what that is. I've no, I have um, no idea. Not the glue about. part, but hiring to print floor plans. Yes. Okay. Very good. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. Sending floor plans out. Um, new home consulting's asking me for materials. So, yeah, that's how. And it was just Steve and I. It was Steve and I, and then we had um, one more um, guy, Rob Green, who was there as an intern. And so we just started small and yeah our marketing department grew a lot over the years too how many did it have when you left goodness we had the two of us an osc someone in charge of realtors a graphic designer and then lisa who is our do everything (laughs) kind of person (laughs) everybody needs a lisa in their office so lisa is the one who now prints out contracts in triplicate and glues them and whatever Lisa else does a little bit of everything yeah MLS listings <laughs> build home starts all that good stuff so Lisa's the person who gets stuff done I awesome. think Lisa when I visited um ideal homes oh geez two years ago I think she showed me quite a few homes we went and toured all the different uh, floor plans that they had yeah. as models and we just gave it away now that yeah. that's that's that a wild joke it was, it was a while ago, but also that episode where we we embedded Andrew and we we, we didn't get Steve's approval to use his name. So I, I spent time bleeping everything out, but I missed I missed one. So like, it was totally pointless. <laughs> He's like, you know, you told everyone like 40 minutes in. I'm like, no one listens that long, Steve. It's okay. All right. Um, who else has story time here? Andrew oh, yeah. says new car shopping experience. Yeah, and I hope yours car. was better than ours. It's, ours was ridiculous. It was... Um, so we knew what car we wanted or a range of cars because we have three kids. We wanted three rows. Da, 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 da. So we very quickly, like Lindsay, go test drive stuff after work. Like you do your thing and <laughs> see what you like. Here's one. So this is her car. Get. This is her car. Cause yeah, cause I, I don't really drive much and I'm, I'm usually not the chauffeur for the little ones. So she found one da, 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 da. long story short. Like I'm like, Hey, you do all the financing stuff. You go at like four o'clock, leave the kids here. I could finish up and then we'll figure out. I'll just pop in and like sign. But the, the, <laughs> the bottom line, get it done with. And she had, it was all going good. It was going good. It was going good. It was all great. Everything's perfect. And the finance guy was similar story to like Jen last week. Like, oh, we need to wait for your husband. We need to wait for it. He was very, it was weird and so he then he wanted to sell like hey do you want gap insurance like all these different things Mm -hmm. that are in my opinion like super high commission Mm -hmm. like that's how he makes his money so he wants to sell he wouldn't take no for an answer it was quite a negative experience in the little finance section enough that she left like during all this you need to come up there with me i'm like okay cool like that's fine because he wouldn't take no from her like he's like i need your husband to tell me no i'm on the phone i'm like i don't want it like no, we do not want gap insurance for whatever. He's like, it's $20 a month. I'm like, no, no, I'm telling him no. Oh my goodness. So it was, it was a nightmare, that part. But then we got the car. And then the next day, like that night, actually, we're driving home. There's a chip in the windshield. Like, oh, oh no. Me? Like, 
has, oh, wow. and it has like 30,000 miles on it. It's a 2019. It used to be a, a rental. It's a Tahoe as far as um, putting out what it is. We're like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And then they were difficult about that too. This whole dealership, like we can't fix it. Da, 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 da. Long story short, like I was yelling at the guy on the phone, which I don't really do that. That's not my personality, but I'm like, this is insane. Like you don't sell a car with like a broken windshield. Like that's, unless it's like a beater car, like you just accept, like, oh, there's been something wrong with it, but not a 2019. So I had to give them some nice words of encouragement. And eventually they came around like, okay, they're going to fix everything. So, but it just, it was so strange that the, everything up to buying was super positive. We're like, oh, this is a great dealer. And then finance came in and kind of ruined, ruined it. Some people probably would have left at that point, but we're like, Price is good. This is the car I want. We'll just oh, there's no it. doubt. My wife would have been like, "Okay, someone else have the same car somewhere else in the city." Yeah, We're, yeah. Let's They're, go. This guy's not getting my money. They're kind um, of all over. Yeah, I would have walked too. I would have. He just <laughs> wouldn't take no. Then he wouldn't listen to her because she was the she yep. is the the wife. Very very quickly because I'm so pretty bad. sure again within over 100 episodes I've said this before, but we had a guy named the Hammer at Miranda. Steve Nixon was his name. And he, we called him Hammer because, like, one visit everyone bought, he would do eight, nine sales a month with, like, in his sleeping, basically. <laughs> and just would close people instantly. But he would always tell them, hey, you know, to get the best price, you're going to have to use our, our preferred lender. And just so you know, it's going to suck. And, he, and he'd, be like, he'd say it like <laughs> three times. He'd be like, no, really. You're going to call me and you're going to be like, these idiots are asking me for the same piece of paper these for guys. the fourth time. And I'm just telling you right now, all I'm going to say is that's why you're saving four grand because it's <laughs> this crappy process. And so he, you know, if he had to inoculate the customer in advance and say this, the financing is going to be terrible. It's terrible. And that's kind of what we did because most of the dealers, you're just shopping, um, Kevin, but mm-hmm. like for that vehicle, you buy it from the dealer, Chevy or GM. The price has to stay up. Otherwise, the depreciation looks like it's crazy. So we're like, all right, we'll just stick it through. But yeah, she's happy now. That's good. It's good. That's good. But it was like, they that's like their experience with the brand is like everything but what we actually got from them as far as like a deal on the car. It's this terrible finance person. Uh, I just heard that used car sales are probably going to, last year was the highest number ever, 40 million used car sales in the US. Wow. And it sounds like similar to homes. Uh, based upon current trends over the last month and a half, they expect that to be beaten this year, despite wow. Interesting. quite a bit of a pause overall. So, Wonder why. Yeah. Well, that's what everyone asks don't me about know. homes. I don't know. Every time I'm, I see anyone, they're like, your job probably sucks right now, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Homes awesome. are selling like crazy. Why? Money's uh, inexpensive. <laughs> money yeah. is inexpensive. Money is, money yeah. is cheap. Yeah. They did. Okay. They did do that. They, they lowered interest rate by a point that's like some crazy low i'm like thanks guys like that was their makeup mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like this is like so house that makes me think of when i bought my house the one that i live in now because uh-huh. normally if i go buy a car i bring i call my bank and i use the financing through my bank instead of dealing with that and when we bought our used house we did the same thing, shopped around and brought our own financing and used that. But when we bought this house and built it, we just decided to go with what the in-house lender that they have attached to their builder. And for the most part, it was pretty smooth. 
Yeah, most of them have gotten much, much better than they... I mean, back in the day, it was it was a partnership and in-house simply because they were making money and sharing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now it's it's less about... It's not true. It's not less about making money, but it is it is more than ever about communication and making sure that the customer experience happens and that the home actually does close on time yeah. as much as, as anything else. So my story is... I, I did an interview that I think is going to come out sometime in the next week or two with Denise Durson, um, publisher of Professional Builder Magazine, who we contribute articles to uh, every every issue or so. And one of her questions was about how people were doing in this time and why they might be doing so well. And Julie's heard me say this on at least half of our builder partner calls so far this week. <laughs> it, it really, it's, it's hit me that while everyone is doing better, than they thought they would do. And you hear that a lot. Like, well, we're, we're doing better than we thought, which is not the same as we're doubling <laughs> our sales goal, but it's still, still good. Like, what's the difference between those two things? And it, I think it's very tempting for people. You hear this a lot in, on social media, especially, where people are saying, we figured out the pandemic. You know, we, it was a hard week or two, but then we, we adjusted all this stuff and we figured out how to come out stronger on the other end. And just, you know, very self-congratulatory. And that's not really what's happened at all, is the people who had foundational pieces in place, had a good website, had an online sales program, had content that would facilitate good virtual sales experiences or or self-service options, people who are already experimenting with uh, on-demand access through EnterNow, et cetera. All these companies were ones who... The only other thing that really changed was what I... I, I'm not sure this makes sense to everyone, but I, I said that home builders solved their distribution problem. So in business, distribution is a big deal. You know, I've said newspaper companies weren't really in news business. They were in distributing printed material. And that's why they failed. They didn't realize that they could distribute the news in a different way, more effectively. It was like, no, it's got to be on paper and ink. Um, but home builders solved the distribu- distribution problem by simply saying, whenever, wherever, however you want to interact with us, we're here for you. And, and so everyone did that. But the ones who were able to really take that additional interaction from being open. And I, I heard someone mention this the other day that, that a lot of builders are saying activity levels are higher than they've ever been, but they're not necessarily seeing sales because of it. And that's, that's, that sounds kind of strange to me, but I, I think it has to do with how much foundational work they put in, how much sales training and development has been put in to, to the team to be able... You know, That's probably the hardest moving part. It actually hasn't been on the marketing end. It's been on salespeople and what's between their ears and how confident they feel in this environment. But someone, we were on a call with someone and they were like, that's my quote of the day and I'm putting it on the board. So I didn't Do sound it. that smart to me when I said it, but <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of this person. So I thought I'd share that story here. It's, it's really the foundational changes over the last two or three years or more that you put in. And so now you really, as times are good, Ironically, you you may or may not need to be thinking as much about advertising and more about what are the next foundational issues where, I mean, gosh, Elena's been an online salesperson for Ideal for more than 15 years now, right? Well, she was a salesperson first. So yes, she was okay. there as a new home consultant when I started and then not like long after that started yeah. as an OSC. Wow. I mean, so the... The incremental sales growth from that position at first, a lot of people are like, why the heck would you do this, Steve? Mm-hmm. Like, what's, what, is, what are they really doing? And now look at, at its importance. And so what are those next things? And now, well, people are feeling positive and 
uh, we were also just kind of ironically saying on another call today that if you know that something is the right thing to do, in this case, we're talking about a builder who still, for some reason, has was is pricing on their website for for their homes, and and by the way, they just you know last month they had their best sales month in company history, but on their website, over three hundred and sixty homes sold in a month, and on their website there's wow. like two thousand dollars slashed out prices next to each other, and it's like where why why are we giving away two thousand why are we looking at like anything's on sale? And so we were just talking through like, wouldn't this be a great time to say, hey, leadership team, let's run a little experiment. What if we got rid of the was is pricing? Because you know, home sales are going to continue. And so, I don't know, maybe that's too devious. I've always said marketers have a little bit of a deviant (laughs) bet anyway. It's a good time to do it. But you know, that's the right right answer anyway. And you know, the experiment, what it's likely to produce. So why not? There might be some things like that that people listening are saying, you know what, I should bring that back up and say, let's try that again right now and see what happens. Or like getting rid of printed material right now. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's dangerous. That's, that's physically that dangerous to pass out printed material yes. right now. You got to yeah. stop that. <laughs> no one wants it. It's like, ooh, like I went, when I went to go sign the finance stuff at the dealership. For some reason, the salesperson was very friendly. She was awesome. She wanted to give me a hug. I'm like, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> like this is weird. Like I'm not gonna hug you. Like you're hugging people all day, probably. Yeah, I'm still bad at that because I don't see a ton of people in real life, other than the crazy people I live with. So I still, I'll start to reach out my hand, and then I, I see other person's eyes like get really big. I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. You're like oh yes, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not shaking your hand. What do I do? All right, let's hop over oh, to the man. news. Andrew's got a really quick one that I think is uh, kind of humorous and funny. I, I think you. You share my sentiment here, but yeah. oh, this is this is a different one. Which let's, one? That one? Are there, I guess there's. I think there's two quick ones. There are two quick ones. Let's do the quick one related to Google first. To Google, and then I think we got that one. Um, where'd it go? I had that. it was from CNN. Okay, uh, CNN. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Okay, so Google uh, all was, places. I mean, there's a bazillion articles. Yeah, it's I just all over. Grab CNN because it's on. I was on the top of the stack. But. Yeah. So essentially, Google is doing what Facebook did a while ago. We can no longer discriminate with the ads for housing, which that's saying out loud. It's like, oh, they allowed it. They did allow it. But if you used it, you're just, it's a terrible idea because one, like if you're using it for display ads, you really shouldn't be running display ads unless it's remarketing. Mm-hmm. So that's one place where you could use it. Or two, again, you're only paying people click. Like you just don't have to yeah, worry. Doesn't matter. There, there's zero reason to, yeah. there's, to go through no reason extra at all. step. Or even age people like, well, our homes for 55 plus, we're going to get rid of everybody else, mm-hmm. even on remarketing. It's like, no, just if they've been to the site, yeah. we want to show the ad afterwards. And then you could, previously, you could layer like new homes, Tampa, and then put an age in there and only get people that are supposedly above a certain age. So they're taking that layering capability away, which mm-hmm. is still like, if they're searching for what you're selling, like let the ad show, because you don't know if they're yeah. on, what device they're on, if the age is accurate, like who, it, it was just one. Yeah. It it was never. I just, it never was a good idea. Second, your ad copy should help people not exclude that. Like that, that's the that's the that's the thing that's wrong, right? When there's no reason to yeah. exclude people f- implicitly from it, your mm-hmm. ad copy simply should have said the price point, square footage, the location, and then that's do fun. you really care who it is that that clicks on that if they're no. typing in a keyword related to that? And, and Google lets you target by marriage or. If they're married, if they're parents, and it's like, yes, married, no, I'm not married, mm-hmm. and like other or something, which is weird. Like, I don't, what is that? Sort of know. married. Sort yeah. of married, half married. 
Facebook <laughs> official. So it's you can no longer do the yeah, gender, age, parental status, marital status, or zip codes. Zip codes being income targeting. Yes. And by the way, for, for those of you who have asked me like, hey, Kevin, where do you go to stay on top of all of the marketing and technology stuff? It is not CNN. Just not to, to clarify, <laughs> it's not the place I'd recommend going for no. the majority of they your got it from somewhere. digital marketing news, but it was a big story because Facebook had done this previously. So Google was behind the eight ball. Normally, Facebook gets smacked yeah. around for, hey, look what you did for privacy, et cetera. And this time, Google is kind of caught off guard. Yeah, Google and, didn't. And moved quickly on that front. Uh, the other quick one is also interesting, but... I'm still, I guess after this, when you tell me more, I'm going to go back and figure out if this is why I do. I still have never seen a political ad. I certainly see people share things that are political. I've never been served an ad for a politician. Yeah. I don't think sponsored. I don't I think I've, I've not seen a sponsored one. I've seen sponsored. Julie, you have, right? Mine, you- yeah. My most recent one was an Instagram, one of the little polls. Like, would you vote okay. for? There's yeah. a lot of polls. Mm-hmm. But I think the polls, I could be wrong. I think those are still driven by individuals and then they siphon that away. Like it's whatever, whatever organization for whomever. And then they probably do something with it to make audience. And then here's mm-hmm. our people. And they get all sneaky with you know custom audiences and whatnot. So Facebook is giving you the capability to turn off political ads. So that's cool if you do get them, especially as we get towards elections. But my theory, my um, conspiracy on this is I think Google will eventually, not Google, Facebook will eventually allow you to turn off ads for recent events. So like I'm getting all these car ads because I've been on Mm. dealer sites. I don't want to see those anymore. I don't need to see those anymore. I think it would be efficient if I could just, I don't want to see ads for cars anymore. I purchased a car. Get me out of the dealers like targeting and they could save some money. And I would have a better Facebook experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it could be in there. There's positives for the advertiser and positives for the, the user giving us that ability. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've bought a home and you're out of the home market, but you maybe don't have any furniture and now you need to be in the furniture market. And yeah. they just kind of roll it into the next bucket. They could use it as, an ex, as a new signal to give you better yeah. ads. Mm-hmm. You went in a different direction than I thought you were going to go. I thought you were just going to say right. like, I don't want to see anything else about the hurricane that just went through. Like I'm done with hurricane news or like, like recent events. Like I just, but I I think both would be interesting. Facebook basically has to do anything it can. If you remember all the studies originally, it was like the dopamine drip that you're getting from, Mm -hmm. you know, going back to social media again and again and again. Well, certainly not everyone. Most people still have that dopamine drip going, but a whole lot of people start out with a negative emotion every time they open up Facebook or Instagram. And that's what they're mostly worried about, right? It's just how do we... How do we, which, which creates these walled gardens and, and kind of you only hear and see the things yeah. that. What's that word? Echo so that's chamber. not good either, but that, that's, they've got, uh, they got a lot to continue to work on. Certainly. Oh, for sure. Especially there. the negative angle. I've unfollowed way too many people with everything that's going on these days. So I'm like, I'm, I definitely am not on Facebook and Instagram as much. Cause I'm just like, I can't deal with all this. this is, get this out of here. Yeah. It, mm. That's, that's, I think, why TikTok, if anything, is, is not that you're connected with people you know. It's just like, oh, this is not that combative. Right? Look at this. Next one up from NHB. More than half of builders used incentives to boost sales in May. What the what? Is what this the- real? What the right? <laughs> Shocking. I'll be... Maybe... So they have a nice graph of like what is an incentive. 
And it's to me, there's some wiggle room on. Did they say how they did the the polling on this? Like how they got the well? Okay, yeah. so you're right. If it's an incentive to use an in-house lender, that's not. That's what I mean. Like, is that right? Yeah. So some of these look like uh, you know absorb financing points, mortgage rate buy downs, but closing some of them just says discount home price, reduce margins, yeah, or, paying closing costs or fees, offer options or upgrades that no, unless those are tied to using a lender, you all should stop it. Just yeah, stop it. <laughs> options or upgrades at at no or reduced cost. Get what, stuff away for free. What, is what kind of floored me was that they said it was the fifty two percent was pretty much the same as the fifty two percent that were doing it in the last top of the market in two thousand three ish. Hmm, that's really like, interesting too. What's that? I just so it's got to be habit, and it's got to be yeah. Yeah, it's just just habit and fear of change because there's there again with record sales numbers it makes no sense at all unless the, you know if you've got a house with two birthdays then I, uh, yes it should still be discounted but yeah there's yeah. there's a home down the street from me that I mentioned this I think to to Kevin and Becca the other day they just put these big giant flags in front of it now that the builder's trying to sell a big public builder <laughs> but it's still in the wrong spot on Zillow like it's half a mile in the wrong direction on Zillow. Like what in the world? Like this house should be sold. Like there's, I'm sure they're starting to knock down the price. I need to find out, but it's the issues that you can't like on Zillow. You're in the wrong for that price point. Like, no, 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 no. Don't live over there for that price. It makes no sense. You got to put in new uh, coordinates. coordinates. Not long. I know. Get it right. I need to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so again, I, it says the, the biggest one was um, closing costs and I guess again, and so twenty-seven percent said that closing costs and reduced fees was the most effective strategy. Again, if it's a if it's a first-time cash-sensitive buyer, where but but again, a lot of times in those cases, is that really an incentive because the builder will just jack up the price and then mm-hmm. give closing costs away? So, but I mean, honestly, if more than ten percent of builders are using incentives, it's too many. So, fifty-two yeah. percent is is cuckoo. <laughs> that would yeah that that could that. Brings me one idea, then I'll stop. If the cost to move or buy a new home, closing costs and all that was not there, the frequency of a new home, the transactions would increase, right? Like mm-hmm. if it if you say you're qualified for X amount per month and you could just maintain that without having to be like, all right, I want a new home, I need ten thousand dollar deposit, then this and this and this, you need twenty-five thousand cash to to buy. But you could all day long afford the monthly, the mortgage on it. I think there'd be just more transactions overall. Does that make any sense? It's yeah, not related to this. You can't, but like, you can't get rid of the tax transaction. You can't get rid of the tax. So you're not, yeah. I mean, don't think the states are going to let you do that, that part. So there's always going to be the need, <laughs> need for, to get rid of that. For, for the cash. And most people, when they're moving, aren't keeping the same payment or trying to keep the same payment necessarily. They're, they're trading up or trading down. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't trade sideways unless that you work for the builder like Steve. Shoemaker, <laughs> and you just move down the street in the same neighborhood yep, over the same course of five years. Three, three four houses. <laughs> That's crazy. Like that street. Next up from the Wall Street Journal, when workers can live anywhere, many ask, why do I live here? Coronavirus <laughs> prompts Americans to reassess the need to reside near hot job markets. And, you know, this one, I remember um, Mike Lyon telling me about, I think it was Stitch Fix. Telling people in San Francisco, 1,400 employees, basically, you've got a couple choices here. You can stay here, but we're not going to pay you the premium anymore because you're here. So you're basically going to get a pay cut, but you can choose to stay here. 
you can go move somewhere else and, and find a better standard of living at a lower cost and come out ahead, but we're still going to pay you less. Or you can quit and we'll just hire someone who doesn't live in San Francisco who we can pay less. But essentially, we see zero value in, in paying you extra to be near here when we've all been remote, remotely working and it's worked. So it's not just em- employees and consumers asking this question from the article too. I think it's also employers mm-hmm. saying, a lot of this is anecdotal stories, but we do hear a lot of those stories, especially again, back, uh, I mean, this is why we had Julie on. It, it isn't, but it, it keeps coming back mm-hmm. to Oklahoma. Oklahoma in particular, all the, both builders we work with there, it's just, it's absolutely nuts. I mean, doubling, tripling, monthly sales goals numbers, yep. but a lot of it is remote workers. I think one of the builders told us it was over 60% of the, of the sales made were to reload buyers. So, wow. Yeah. 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 And you can't beat the cost of living in Oklahoma. <laughs> but also like when you live in Louisiana and you could work apparently anywhere, right? Like, uh, but did that factor at all into your thought of like, huh, do you convert? I wonder if I should apply for that. Yeah. You mean as far as, Yeah. Yeah. And once I learned that I could work remotely, just working remotely for ideal homes. Yeah. Just the flexibility of it. Yeah. It's a game changer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys become discontented with anything? Andrew, you're not allowed to, cause you just moved in like nine months ago, <laughs> right? Or a year ago. How long has it been? A year next month. Wow. July. They're calling us for surveys and stuff. <laughs> so we're going to blackmail them. Oh, we have our, our year warranty service, which has been postponed due to COVID. Ours was too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But we have like warranty, like weird stuff. That yeah. I'm like, how is this an issue? Like, yeah, that, that was one change at Ideal Homes too, with the, the COVID stuff, them coming in for warranty walks. And it also prompted some new technology there because the, then the warranty department wanted to make more videos that they could send out to their, mm. um, to the homeowner so that they could fix some stuff themselves. So <laughs> that was one benefit that came out, you know, it kind of prompted some of those things to happen. Yeah. I mean, cool. so San Francisco now has a 13% more homes on the market in terms of existing inventory than last year. And, um, back in, in March, it was negative 68%. So we are looking at markets like uh, Manhattan, San Francisco, and, and Seattle, all of them, um, the, the curves and the change of, of how fast things have whip, whiplashed has been really interesting to watch. So, uh, and, we, and we heard, I think I talked about this before, I went on vacation, uh, the CEO of Zillow talking about the great reshuffling and people saying, not just am I living where I want to live and the type of thing, uh, home that I want to live in, but I'm willing to pay more money for it. So we're talking about trade-off, but there's also people who are just moving within the same market to a different part of town and actually just being willing to pay more to be in the exact place they want because they're going to spend more time there. So, um, But overall, another article I saw today said suburbs are growing at twice the rate as, um, as cities right now, wow. which was, was already... It was trending that way, but it's definitely accelerated the interest in sub- suburban living. It also made me think about how a few years ago, everybody thought the trend was going to be the tiny homes. That everybody was going to yeah. want to move to a tiny home. And right. now everybody yeah. got stuck at home and everybody's like, we need space. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, we should do some investigative journalism uh, on that. I bet there, you know, people were worried that the existing, existing or the used car market was going to be uh, depressed and that there'd be amazing 
discounts and incentives because of it because no one would want to buy a car in the current environment. I'm wondering if that that didn't end up really being true for cars, but I wonder if it ends up being true for tiny homes. I, I have yeah, an idea. That'd be did some Kevin, didn't you say some builder had a uh some type of marketing campaign that was like a space for everyone? Or they were like, yeah, LGI Homes uh, to me still has did made the most impressive email campaign related to COVID, but without mentioning COVID that I have yet to see. And it was just talking about, you know, we've got uh, spacious gourmet kitchens, oversized great rooms, backyards, et cetera. And it was just going through all different parts of the house and either talking about how the space itself was larger or more thoughtfully designed and, and livable for today's families. And, yeah. um, yeah, it was it was really well done. Really well I done. like that. Yeah. Good job, LGI. Good job. You guys have too many billboards, but you send great emails, so <laughs> it balances out. <laughs> All right. Well, next up from AdAge.com: Ten aspects of marketing that will never change. Some things never change. Let's just go through them all quickly. Yeah, but if but you can raise your hand since we're on video, and I can see you if there if you want to spend more time on something, but. Uh, needing the right message for your audience. That sounds like a no-brainer, right? Say, say yeah. the right thing. Getting the product right, absolutely true. Unfortunately, yeah. in home building, most marketers have zero impact on product development uh, or even curating and, and giving feedback back to everyone else on yeah. what customers just, are really looking Just make for. sad faces if you start to hear townhomes when you normally do single family. And <laughs> I feel like it's always going to be a not fun experience for the well, marketer. Well, that's... that's Okay, not let's stop there for true. a second because you're right because most common. of the time builders are doing townhomes not because that was the best choice. It was the only option. Yep. So we bought this piece of ground and either because of, of municipality rules or because it doesn't make sense to pay this much for the land without turning it into townhomes. And so then there's almost zero thought because it's already saying we're making this happen for us because otherwise the numbers don't work, the builder. Then it's like we just say, forget about the customer the entire way through. It's like, can, but can we make yeah. them not ugly? Who cares? We just got to no. hit this price point. They've got to be townhomes and we've got to hit this price point. <laughs> and that's all we have to think about. Uh, can can we much. make them all brown? If that gets us $10 less on the cost of the siding, yes, they can be all brown. Don't care. Like that, I think <laughs> that's, that's, that's where a lot of, I mean, we're laughing, but that's a lot of the townhome yeah. projects you look at and you're like, does it have to be that ugly? Like, couldn't you? Couldn't you? Yeah, there's a few builders something. that I have in mind that their townhomes look amazing mm-hmm. and yes. they're, not, they're not issues. Um, and then the ones that are, you're like, exactly right. Like, it's if super If you don't want to look at it, then people don't want to move in. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. There's like ta- no privacy ta- whatsoever. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Number three, time for creativity and inspiration. I mean, I only I, I'm in a little bit in reverse. I find that I am much more creative when I give myself uh, rules to stay in. I wrote a blog post probably nine years ago saying, "Think inside the box." It wanted because it drives me nuts when people would say because there's usually sales leaders who knew, didn't understand marketing. They're, Let's just think outside the box. And what that was code for is, can't we just spend more money or can't we just give more stuff away? <laughs> it's like, no, let's, let's think within the parameters we have and force ourselves. Getting creative is not no limits. Getting creative is putting limits on yourself. That was also the reason why I didn't, I didn't have a budget, but I was like, you must give me a budget. I'm not comfortable not working in a budget. Yep. So you went to art school, right? Well, I get, yep. did you have projects where they gave you certain constraints and oh, then yeah. did you come up with 50 to a hundred different line drawings with 
55 lines or whatever. Yes, absolutely. It's kind of the same. Yeah. It's kind of the same deal. Like everybody has similar issues. Mm -hmm. You just got to come up with many different creative ways to solve those issues. And I think that's why I got along so well with Marty, the company president at Heartland, who I spent the most time with, is because he acted more like an art teacher or an art professor to me. Mm-hmm. Like he he could call, but he'd be like, that was your first idea, wasn't it? And you just went with <laughs> it and just kept going because it, like, it's this is good enough. Let's just get it done. And I'd be like, darn it. He, he knows. He knows. So, you know, your first idea is almost never your best idea was one of the first things they ever yes. taught us in art school, right? If that, if you're yeah. just going with your first concept, nine times out of 10, it's not good enough. That's what everyone else would do too. They do their first idea. And so, and even the idea of a frame or a boundary, I didn't know we were going to do art theory like 101, it, but I didn't do art. But <laughs> in high school, my art teacher would make us create a boundary on the piece of paper or canvas. Yes. And one of her rules was, you know, you have to break the boundary somewhere. And when you do, something has to change. So it might be you're drawing a black and white thing and uh, a crayon sticks off the edge of the artificial boundary you made and then it turns into color. Cool. Or it goes from being abstract to realist or whatever it is. So it doesn't mean ultimately that you don't end up going out of the side of the box, but it's to me, it's way more fun and I find I'm more creative when I put artificial constraints, whether that is budget or time. So this one, I agree, you have to have some time for it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think compressed time frames can also force you out of necessity to get a little more creative too. I agree on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sure. need for ideas. The subheading here says it may sound trite. I agree. Moving on. Telling stories <laughs> that connect to the heart. <laughs> T- telling stories <laughs> that connect to the heart, for sure. Also telling stories where the consumer is the hero. We've talked a lot about that. We, we talked about that at the, at the summit this past year. Human-to-human communication. This is one of my biggest pet peeves is when it sounds like the person who wrote it is a company or trying to be a company. Yes. Ugh, like mm-hmm. email marketing, for example, you know, you get the three-paragraph formatted email. You're like, no one wrote this. <laughs> this came from directly from marketing. Uh, the use of psychology. Amen to that. So... You've got to have understanding of how people buy and shop. Uh, Measuring ROI, awesome. I totally agree with that. And and also I would add in there not being addicted to ROI. So obviously you have to get results. But I had a call with another agency who works with a large builder who's paying us to do an audit of them and other things. And one of the things we talked about was that the builder actually is addicted to leads. The agency totally understands that this isn't everything we're doing shouldn't be the way, the way we're doing it, but it generates the most leads. The highest quality leads? No. Uh, the leads that go to sales the fastest? No. Uh, the way that saves the company the most money and is most efficient? No. But it generates the most leads. And so you've got to have ROI. You also have to be strategic about doing some things that don't necessarily make sense on ROI and play the long game too. Sure. Human imagination. Um, so it really just it's railing against automation is, um, you know, we now have tools to eliminate the need for routine strategies and tasks that sucked up our time, but we also can't automate everything. So you, you still have to yeah, have, I agree, the right yeah. balance. Of I'll add on that one. Did you guys see the news? This could have been a news segment. Um, Unbounce, the landing page tool that we, we like to use. Mm-hmm. They're 30 some odd million dollar, uh, 
money investment that no. they had to support automated landing pages. Oh, I don't, I don't even know how it works. I don't like it, but it will constantly, I don't know what you give it to. I have no idea, hmm. but that's hmm. what they're, I don't know if it'd be certain industries like here, this is best for Legion for a. Okay. So what's interesting yeah. restaurant or a whatever type of industry it is, they know what will work essentially. And in theory, um, they should be able to do that pretty well. If they take the approach of, of Facebook and Google, right? Like the Facebook pixel, we have reason to believe this is a home builder site. Uh, and so they can <laughs> suck all that data out and apply it to all people shopping for homes or all home builders who want to run ads. In theory, as long as they identify the accounts well enough, there's something there, but I just would hope it's not a... F- like the idea of co-piloting, which Zillow talked about at their Unlock conference, uh, mm-hmm. they, they coined the word. It's the first time I, I had heard that term. I like it. Like a, a co-pilot or, is different than an autopilot. The auto, like the autopilot that you can never adjust or manipulate, that, that would drive me nuts because of the need for human imagination to understand psychology. Yeah. Right? Like the AI through. is not going to understand the psychology of why it works. It's just going to know that most of the time, red is a better color for a button. Yeah. But this sometimes is, red isn't the better color for the button yeah. too. This is implying like a deeper layer than that. Because I have like automated traffic switching. Mm-hmm based on what the people are doing. You, but you have to build those pages. So this would be they're actually somehow building the pages. Yeah, sounds horrific, but also faces. awesome. Yeah, it's sounds- time. <laughs> I don't know what the leads will be. So yeah, <laughs> we'll watch it come to fruition. Yeah, 38.4 million. They raised 52 wow. Canadian dollars. 52 million Canadian. Number 10 to round out the article is authenticity. Yes, you should, yeah. should be who you are. That doesn't mean you can't try to change who you are over time, but... In terms of what you're communicating, you need to be aware and honest with where you are at sure. the moment. All right. Was I that can't the wait. last one? That was the last one. Okay. <laughs> that was the last more. one. We made it. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break and we come back. We'll have answers to last week's question of the week and new question of the week. And we'll actually tell you what Julie's job is because we told you she's here, but we didn't tell you what she's doing. <laughs> we'll be Important. right back. <laughs> May you have auspiciousness and causes of success. May you have the confidence to always do your best. May you take no effort in your being generous. Sharing what you can, nothing more, nothing less. May you know the meaning of the word happiness. May you All right. The answer, last week's question of the week was, uh, because Mike and Jen were on talking about the Home Builder follow-up survey. How many marketers have spent more than 24 hours managing leads? Like we think it's cute and all when you when you spend like 30 minutes and you try to take two of them. But how many have done it for 24 hours? And we did have a couple folks raise their hands. Sarah Titus, the two of us in marketing have handled the leads a few times while our team was on vacation. Nice. So a total of about a week, I would guess. I was immensely it was immensely eye-opening and really helped us understand why they need our support. How what we do can hurt and help them, as well as exactly how the customers were asking their questions and navigating the world of home sales. We were exhausted after that. And while we had always respected them, we learned just how hard they work every day, all day. Marketing needs to know the exact journey leads go through, all the pain points, the questions, the misunderstandings, the successes. Then find ways to help the internal team and the general buying public. Amen. Anytime you can overlap those things where you can solve a problem for internal employees and customers at the same time, you should, you should work on that problem. It was one of the most rewarding and important experiences as a marketer. The best lessons are learned in someone else's shoes. Man, this is Sarah. 
Uh, Very well written. Yeah, yes. you're getting a gift card. I will send you a note. You're getting an Amazon gift card for that one. That was amazing. Yeah. And then <laughs> someone else read Beth here. This, this cracked me up too. Here we go. Beth said, started off as an OSC and she's in marketing now. Let's just say I'm glad I ended up in marketing land. That would totally be me. It takes a special person to thrive as an OSC. They're always up and engaged and it's exhausting. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Unless you're, yeah, that would not be me. No. But it should be that. your wife. Just saying. She, yeah. she, she really thrives that. on that. Like if, and the, I'm bragging on her. Not, I don't know if I'm bragging. Like my text messages per day, I'll have like two people. And it could go tomorrow, maybe two people. She'll have like 30, like in mm-hmm. one day. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, how do you? I'd be like, throw my phone out the window. Like, stress me out. Get out of here. <laughs> no, she loves it. Yeah, what cracks me up is that Beth was actually, though, she didn't say this, but she was a good OSC in terms of her numbers and percentage Humble. and ratios. So that I think that's important just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should stay there. If it's completely exhausting, you know, I still, I, I'm, I'm feeling sentimental for a moment. I remember at Miranda Homes, they used to pass out physical paychecks every two weeks. And the reason that I was skeptical even back then, and I asked someone later, and they said, yeah, at the time it was, they said it's because they couldn't figure out how to do this direct deposit. It was all too complex. It's 2003, right? Yeah, whatever. It was because they wanted you to feel loyalty at the time. Like, here's your check. Thank you, boss, for giving me a piece of paper. But I remember they'd be going around passing out checks and, and I was like, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I spent all day today in Photoshop and Illustrator just making pictures look cool and making flyers and like, they pay me for this? This is so great. Uh, so yeah, don't be an OSC if you're not enjoying being an OSC just because you're good at it. Maybe you should be in marketing. Maybe marketing yeah. isn't your thing. You should be in sales. I was going to say that if you're in marketing, you should you don't want to be. Also good to leave. <laughs> Andrew that's, would that's like so more rude. marketers to quit. That's <laughs> no. how we'll end. No, no. If, you, if you don't, I don't know. That sounds so negative, but I think there's, there could be some people in marketing that like they're people, people, and they need to be with people versus computers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, there are, I'm going to try to rescue you. I don't know if I can, but I think <laughs> marketers who have a hard time getting projects done because they get distracted, right? So like in sales or in online sales, your job is communication. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're get distracted by too much communication and things aren't getting done, and we have, we've certainly had instances of that in the past. And those people still work for the builders that, that they used to do marketing for, but they're not necessarily leading marketing anymore because they just they get distracted by communication versus yeah. putting things across the finish line. That's what I mean. And I'm 1,000% not talking about any Anyone that we any, work with. Like 1 million percent. <laughs> not at all. I just mean in general. Let's change the subject with this week's question of the week. Uh, what, how What's have it? you seen relocation... <laughs> prospects, uh, appointments, oh, and sales for your builder? Has it changed just a little bit? Quite a bit? You have no idea? Uh, go ahead. We'll make it a poll because you guys like polls. You can just click a button and it's nice and easy. Let us know what you're seeing in terms of relocation, traffic, and interest. It overall seems like it is dramatic, uh, dramatic increases across the board, but especially for people who are in warmer climates. I think um, for the most part, southern states are winning their unfair share. And I jokingly say, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm just waiting for global warming to make Ohio <laughs> the new South Carolina. Uh, yeah. 
It should. It's been like eighty and ninety degrees here, and summer hasn't really hit. So I think I think we're there. I don't think we need to move south. Yeah, that's warm. Okay, Julie, what is she doing? Why is she here? Of course, I mean, why wouldn't we want someone with fifteen years of experience in home building? Someone who's been working with and mentored by the one and and only great Steve Shoemaker. Um, She is here to be affectionately, we say, Becca number two. Uh, She'll be a lead gen specialist, which is. Becca's unofficial official job title that I think we made up yeah. after she was here a couple. So she will be assisting other builder partners and just, uh, we're not changing the way we're doing anything here. Just bringing on extra help and support because Becca needs to take a nap now and then. <laughs> go I'm here go for see you, your Becca. horse. Thank you. Go see your horse, feed it an apple and some sugar cubes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just uh, eat that. Uh, we all have another. We have another person joining us at the end yeah. of the month uh, on June 29th as well. So we'll be excited to introduce you to her as well. She doesn't have 15 years of experience, but uh, she is equally as awesome. Can't wait to introduce you to her. All right, for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. By the time this episode is posted. Julie's information and links should be on there. So if you want to learn about her fascination with jujitsu <laughs> and guns and books and writing and uh, what else? What else are you fascinated by? I don't know. If you if you go to my social media, all you'll see is puppies right now. But I do Ooh. have a family too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, One we'll of have to talk more about. So again, you should listen to the Ideal Homes podcast. That'll probably be out soon. So I know more about Julie and her cooking habits that I, I will save for another episode too. That, that, that cracked me up when I heard you talk about that. All right. That's it. We'll see you next week. Everybody. Right, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah.